Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. You can find them on page 937 in your pew Bibles if you would like to follow along. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gesenaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. I know it's the first Sunday of March, which means we still have jubilant feelings about winning a Super Bowl. The Big 12 tournament is this week. We're in the advent of March Madness. I know all of this, but I have a couple of baseball stories for you today. (laughs) It was April 15, 1947. After playing a while with the Kansas City Monarchs, Jackie Robinson suited up to play first base for the Brooklyn Dodgers. He was quite a ball player, won Rookie of the Year in 47. 
He was an all-star for six consecutive years. He played in six World Series and was a World Series champ in 1955. In 1997, Major League Baseball retired his number, not just for the Dodgers, but for all teams. No player wears number 42 except on Jackie Robinson Day, April 15, every year, then every player of every team wears 42. He was an amazing athlete, and he was the first African-American to play baseball in the major leagues. There are a lot of kids who grow up dreaming of playing major league ball. I did. That dream faded around T-ball, where I kept hitting the T and missing the ball. But because of systemic racism in America, Jackie Robinson's dreams for playing Major League Ball were complicated. Can't imagine what it must have been like that first day, April the 15th, 1947, to stand at first place to play Major League Ball. It had to be a great day. Complicated, but it had to be a great day. Have you ever had one of those days when Everything you've dreamed about just kind of falls together. You ever had a day where you've been working for something and it, it, it's finally achieved? It's just a, a wonderful day. They don't come along very often, but I bet you've had them from time to time. In those amazing days, the best of days, they can teach us some things that ordinary days maybe fail to teach us. Peter had a day like that. Peter was a fisherman. He made his life and living on the waters. He fished at night, and Peter had had a bad night. He had caught nothing. But as Jesus finished teaching the next day, he tells Peter, hey, if you, if you cast your rod with your left hand, I bet you'll pull in a big one. Most fishermen that I know can be rather particular about their practices. I'm not that good at it, but most that I know can be rather particular. My, my grandfather loved to fish, and he was convinced that success depended on really stinky bait, and you have to hold your mouth right. I don't know what that means, but whenever we weren't fishing, he said, well, son, you're not holding your mouth right. So I'd change how I was holding my mouth, and I don't remember where it helped or not. I had a friend in South Carolina who swore that fish liked gospel music. So when he'd go fishing, he'd play some soft kind of gospel music. And when he'd catch one, he'd say, see, he's coming to join the choir. Fishermen all often have their routines, but I don't know of any fisherman whose routine includes taking advice from the local preacher. So Peter is obviously humoring Jesus here. He drops his nets again. And then in astonishment, you can't believe how many fish he catches. It's the catch of a lifetime. The boats are so full, they're almost sinking, it says. That's a lot of fish. If you're a fisherman, that's the best day ever. If, if, if you're fishing, a good day is either when you catch one as big as a boat or you catch a boatload to catch your limit. That's what the day is for. I, I spoke last week of my love of canoe camping in Quetico, Canada. There's a lot of fishing on those canoe trips. And one year, I remember particularly one year we were there, and I caught nothing. I caught not a bite the whole week. 
But whoever was in the canoe with me on that trip couldn't stop pulling them in. Chandler caught nothing unless he was in my canoe. Scott caught nothing unless he was in my canoe. By day four, everybody wanted to be in my canoe. I couldn't catch anything, but they all assumed I was some kind of good luck charm. We might expect Peter to have reacted similarly to Jesus. Why don't you go fishing with us again? You're obviously a good luck charm. Things go well when you're with us. But that's not his response. His response to this best of days is somewhat confusing. He says, go away from me, for I'm a sinful, I'm a sinful person. Why does he say that now? What, what, what is about this moment? that causes him to say, I've missed it. I've gotten it all wrong. He's fishing, and when you spend your day fishing, or when you spend your day doing anything, whatever it is you spend your day doing, you want to be successful. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. We don't do things intending to fail. We do things, whatever it is we do, we do intending to be successful. That's what Peter experiences here. It's huge success. We often talk about lessons we can learn from failure. That's true. Failure can be an important teacher. But success can be a different kind of teacher. We can learn some things from success that we don't learn otherwise, I think. Another baseball story. Darren Walker was a pitcher at the high school that I went to. He was older than I was, but I knew the stories of Darren Walker. He was the best baseball player of that high school for a generation, I think. When he wasn't pitching, he played third base. He he was expected to get a full ride to college or maybe an invitation to the farm leagues. In the spring of his junior year, Darren Walker pitched a no-hitter against our rival, pitched a no-hitter. He struck out eight and got two RBIs, the result of a ball he deposited over the left field fence. His baseball games go, it doesn't get any better than that. That's why it was stunning when the next week he came in and told the coach, I don't want to play anymore. I've been playing baseball as long as I can remember. I need to do something else. I don't want to play this game anymore. We were all jealous of Darren Walker being able to play like he could play, and here he was saying, it's not for me. I think that is what Peter discovered. See, I I don't know for sure, but I, I think what happened for Darren Walker is when he experienced the success that he dreamed about as a kid, that he dreamed about all of his life, that he worked hard to achieve when he finally obtained that success, I wonder if he realized that he thought that would be the source of meaning in his life, but it was empty. It just didn't come through. It didn't fulfill. 
and he realized I need to do something else. I, I, if I understand it, I think that's what's going on with Peter. This is the truth of, of you and me. We, we spend every moment of every day investing ourselves in something. We give our lives to a variety of things. We give ourselves to efforts and projects and practices. And sometimes, because we do, sometimes those things bear tremendous fruit. Sometimes we experience success, maybe even the best of days. But sometimes it's in that moment that we realize, I've been investing my heart and soul in things that don't really matter. I've missed it. If you understand the text, that's what drove Peter to his knees. He's knee-deep in flopping fish, and he's afraid, it says. He's not afraid of Jesus. He's afraid he spent his whole life missing the point of his days. He reaches the pinnacle of success for what he's been living for, and it's there from that lofty perspective that he realizes, this is not my life. There's more to my life than this. Now, it's not that fishing is bad. Fishing's not evil. That's not the sin that he's confessing. Of course not. It's just too small. It's how he makes his living, and that almost never defines life for us. It matters. But it doesn't matter ultimately. And Jesus' response to Peter's realizing his missed the mark is not judgment, it's not condemnation, it's not shame on you. No, it's compassion. It's compassion because Jesus understands when we get to that point that we realize what we've been committing ourselves to doesn't ultimately matter, it's then from that perspective that we have eyes to see what really matters what we're for. And Jesus says, you thought your day was about fish, but I'm here to tell you your day is about people. Your life is about people. That is always the gospel call. Peter got up that morning understanding himself as a fisherman And by the time the conversation is over, he understands himself as a neighbor, as a brother, as a lover, as one who lives to love. And you can share love with people in lots of ways, but if you think of your time and it's not about that, then you're likely to be missing something. Branch Rickey was the general manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers. It was Rickey who wanted Jackie Robinson to play baseball. But he had some concerns. So before he signed him, they had a talk. It went about three hours, I am told. They did not talk about Robinson's skills. They didn't talk hitting, base stealing, fielding. They talked about the racism that is the American culture. Branch Rickey talked to Jackie about how he would be treated. Ball players would slide into second with their spikes up. 
pitchers would throw at his head. He would endure insults and humiliating treatment. And Ricky said, what are you going to do, Mr. Robinson? What are you going to do? Jackie Robinson responded, Mr. Ricky, do you want a ball player who's afraid to fight back? Ricky said, I want a ball player who's got the guts not to fight back. You've got to win this on the field. Hits, steals, fielding. Jackie, nothing else. You got to win it on the field. Robinson later said in that moment he realized that Branch Rickey was not asking him to play baseball. He was asking him to change the world. Baseball would just be the platform to achieve that. The invitation of the gospel is the invitation to see what your life really is about, what really matters for, for, all, for all of us. Jesus says, don't, don't give yourself to things that don't ultimately matter. It's not satisfying. It's not meaning, and it's not meaningful. It's not redemptive. No, spend your day for people. However you do that, every day is a gift from God to share the love that is ours to share, to do the good that is ours to do. Every day is a gospel day. And I don't want to make this too simple, but I don't want to make it too complicated either. The purpose that we all share is people. It's one another. The thing, that er the thing about every life is that we are all defined by love. That's what makes our life human. It's what makes our life holy. We are defined by who we love and how we Love. And at the end of the day, and at the end of our days, that is really the only thing that matters. It is what makes us who we are. And we need to be reminded because there are lesser things that will tug at us. There are lesser things that might seem exciting. There are lesser things that will appear important. But Jesus says, I'll make your day about people. I'll make your day about love. You know, sometimes we can learn from our failures. And usually what we learn from our failures, speaking from experience, usually what we learn from our failures is how to be better at whatever it is we're attempting to do. But what we can learn from our success it's what matters and what doesn't. What is of ultimate importance? And what's window dressing? Tomorrow will be another day, another gift from God. Remember when the sun rises what the day is for, what you are for, and share the love that is yours to share. Do the good that is yours to do. And God will use that to point us and draw us closer to that promised day. It's what we're for. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. 
Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.